Welcome to So Many Machines, a show about vintage sewing machines and all things sewing. My name is Devlin McKinnon, and this is episode four, the Singer 500A Rocketeer. I'll be discussing the Rocketeer and other slant shank sewing machines, some of the many attachments you can find for a slant shank, and random sewing facts for my ADHD brain. First of all, if you've listened to any of my other episodes, which is unlikely, I know, you may be wondering, where's Morgan? Well, Morgan is actually going to fetch me two more machines tonight. I have already promised twice now that I would not buy any more machines unless I had sold something. And since I still haven't sold any, I am breaking my promise. But um, to be fair, Morgan is an enabler. And these particular machines, one was uh, something I have been looking for for a while, a 301, and the other is a little featherweight machine. And I got a really killer deal on them. They definitely are going to need a ton of work, but I can't wait to get my hands on them. So he'll be bringing them back to me tonight. But for the moment, I'm doing this podcast solo. Now, where have we been? Um, You know, pandemic, busy. Uh, My business is picking up again. We've actually been spending time with friends. All of us are vaccinated now, so we can spend time face-to-face and go to brunch. So we've been doing that. So that's what we've been doing. I hope all of you are doing well and have gotten vaccinated. Family are healthy and weathering through this uh, horrific pandemic. So on to the machines, my favorite topic. So for Christmas, I received a Singer 500A Rocketeer. It's nicknamed the Rocketeer mostly because of its styling. This was a machine that was popular in the 50s and 60s. Mine has, uh, is in very mint condition. It is actually the cleanest machine I have ever gotten except for one that I bought brand new. It was clean inside and out, beautiful, and it came with all of its accessories. And while I was looking through all of the different boxes that came with the machine, I discovered the original receipt. It was a Christmas present, and I believe it was Christmas of 1961. A lady named Hazel Masters received it as a present from her husband which I thought was just adorable I kept the receipt and took pictures of it because it just adds to the fun of these type of machines to know who was using the machine before I ever got it so this machine has a name it is Hazel Masters after it's one and only owner prior to me with the machine I also got the original table which I I can't remember the number style of table, but it is one of a couple that you frequently find with the Rocketeer machine. And it's in great condition too. It was stuffed full of all of the different feet and attachments, which I'll talk about if I have time, including one of the original plastic boxes. It has gold on the lid, like it's uh, got the Singer logo on the lid in gold just perfect like the hinges aren't busted all of the little pieces are there i was very excited to find it 
In addition, it also came with a handmade wooden um, side table with three drawers that was intended for sewing. And that was filled with all sorts of different notions that I got to look through. And it came with a bench. It did not come with the original bench that would have come with these machines, which would have been probably padded with storage underneath the seat. This was also a handmade wooden bench. So I would guess the person who made it also made the little uh, drawer table. At any rate, it was a very exciting present. I have loved this machine since I had one briefly. I had bought a table. I wanted this sewing table um, because it had a huge um, hinged table part to it. So you could lay it down, like you could have it um, more compact or you could put up this table um, and it had a machine in it. And I was like, hey, I want the table. The table looks great. I want a table that I can store the machine in, etc., etc." So I got this machine. It was a 500A, same machine as this one, but it was earmarked for a friend of mine who was looking for a machine. So I cleaned it up, serviced it, got it up and running, and fell in love with it in the meantime because the uh, styling on this particular machine is really interesting. It's very reminiscent of the 60s and the late 50s. It's kind of space age looking, which was a fad at that time. There's like these, like the, the knob on the front is very, is very sleek. There's all sorts of curves. And I love that it has a built-in cam stack. And what that means is it has these metal gears stacked on top of each other that through mechanical means rather than a digital system um, creates different types of stitches and you can do different combinations. The Rocketeers that have a built-in cam stack, namely the 500A and the 401A, have a built-in. The 403 and the 503, I believe, are Rocketeer machines as well, but they don't have a cam stack. So every altern alternative stitch that you wanna do, aside from a straight stitch, you have to have a little cam, uh, like a little plastic piece that goes in the top and it tells the machine how to create, a, how to create that particular type of stitch. But this one has its own built-in stitches and you can do various combinations because there's two knobs and it tells it tells it to do one side and then the other. Now, in actuality, your options are a lot more limited than that. On the lid, there's a little guide with how to do various types of stitches. And those are, those are your basic, the ones that you're gonna use at all. Now, let's face it, any experienced seamstress or, or seamster already knows that you can do most anything you wanna do with a straight stitch so or a zigzag. So those are the two that you're gonna use most often. Having variety of stitches is just fun because then you can play around with it and see what all the machine can do. Now this particular machine, in addition to the built-in cam stack, you can also get fashion discs, which are the plastic cams that you can insert in the top. So you have even more variety of different stitches that you can do. Like I said, I mostly just use a straight stitch. In fact, my, my everyday machine 
only does a straight stitch. I'm, I'm very happy that it also does a reverse because I've had a machine that only went forward in a straight stitch and never, and could not back up. So the Rocketeer is definitely way more featureful than that. One of the other very unique things about the Rocketeer is that it is a slant shank machine. Most domestic machines are going to have a low shank. And the shank is where the feet attach to the machine. So where your little presser feet will attach. And because of this, most machines can use any low shank presser feet. Or if you have an industrial like I do, uh, it uses a high shank. Uh, but the Rocketeer is different because it has a slant shank. What that means is, is like the needle and the assembly all are angled towards the user of the machine. It's a very slight angle, but what it does is it pushes your needle closer to you and it, rem and it pushes back some of the machine parts that usually get in the way of you being able to see what you're doing. So it opens up sewing without having to be as hunched over and like looking. It's a great benefit, but it has a special foot. All the feet are special for it. There are later models of slant shank machines that take a slant shank foot, but like these are only interchangeable with each other. So if you have other domestic machines, you can't use the same feet. That comes into play, especially since you can find all sorts of different things. Two different types of monogrammers that you can use on this machine. I have one of them and it does a very simple monogram like a, a like a little outline it doesn't do like it doesn't fill in the letters it just basically writes it like you would with a pen that is achieved through a it looks like a buttonholer um, one of the mechanical style buttonholers that you insert a cam into the monogrammer also uses a cam system so I was able to find one with all of the different discs for it because you have to have one for each letter and I believe number, I think I have both, so that you can create these monograms. I got to play with it for a while and it was very fun, but very limited in use because the letters are quite small. Now there's another monogrammer that is a little bit larger. I believe it's called the deluxe uh, monogrammer. And I've looked for them before, but here's the thing about them. You cannot find them with the full set of letters. Like most people just bought the mechanism plus the plus their own letters for their own monogram so that they could make their own they could monogram their own handkerchiefs or what have you. And and those are quite expensive. Like you can buy each one individually if you can find them, but if you wanted to have a whole set of the alphabet, and these cams are actually like probably eight inches long, like little little plastic sticks with a groove cut in them. And in order to find these, you have to search all over. You have to find the letters you want. So I've never actually bought one. Uh, I'm very interested in playing with one at some point. So I'm going to keep an eye out, uh, especially if they happen to come with my initials. That would be 
that would be very intriguing. I would be very tempted to buy them at that point. But until that happens, I guess I'm not going to play with that one. So other things that they have, like, so most domestic machines, you can buy a walking foot for. And the slant shank machine, you can buy a walking foot. The Rocketeers actually came with these special buttonholer foot, uh, buttonholer mechanisms. And they were packed in like this UFO shaped plastic container. And I actually have two of them. I believe only one is the slant shank. I think the other one is a low shank. This very space age looking thing. It's like a, it's like a long oval little coffin shaped uh, container with feet on it. So it doesn't tip over. But the, then they took the ugliest button holder and put it in this box. Like the box is pink. It's got gold lettering on the top, and inside there's this ugly, beige, boring button holder, and it's just like, why? Even the earlier models of Singer button holders are more interesting to me, and they're quite plain. They're usually just basic black with, uh, you know, silver or gold lettering on them or sometimes painted white. Those would have been more interesting than these ugly beige things. I was I was so disappointed when I saw them, but that's what you have to get if you want a slant shank buttonholer. Because, of course, making a buttonhole on some of these vintage machines is, it's like a little bit more challenging, but also more interesting to me. Because you're using a mechanical process where the buttonholer comes down on top of the fabric and moves the fabric to make the stitch. I think I'm right on that. Like, I haven't tried it on the slant shank machine, I don't think yet. But a typical button holder on a vintage machine will move the fabric because these machines are straight stitch machines. So in order to get a zigzag, the fabric has to go side to side um, because the needle can't. Now, on the slant shank, it can go side to side. I think what it does is you set up your machine to do a zigzag, and then you put the button holder on, and it moves the fabric around um, to make the shape of the buttonhole. So either a keyhole or an oval or a squared end one, whichever you have the cam cams for. You can also get a little eyelet cam, which apparently, are hard to find. Every buttonholer that I've bought, I believe, and I have a few now, have had that eyelet cam. So I'm quite lucky in that, I guess. I'm trying to remember. I don't have the buttonholer near me. But um, I believe that's how the mechanism works on those buttonholers. Now there's a variety of other feet, some of which are seem very um, archaic to our modern eyes. Uh, there's a pin tucker foot that I'm really looking forward to trying out. And I want to try out a couple of the other feet because I've been playing with uh, quilting a little bit. Well, I've been playing with doing patchwork. The quilting part I haven't tried yet, but I'm planning on trying it on my Rocketeer to see how it goes because it's got such a great stitch. Or I might try it on one of my little featherweight machines. Who knows? 
So another thing really interesting about the 500A Rocketeer is that it is a direct drive machine. That means there's no belt. So you don't have to worry about a belt loosening or dry rotting, wearing out. And that also means that the machine has more strength, like more punching power to get through various layers of fabric. I haven't put it all to the test yet, but my my conjecture is that because of this direct drive system, which is basically gear on gear, there are all metal gears inside the Rocketeer. That is true for the 401, the 400 series and the 500 series and some of the 600 series, but not all of them. You have to be very careful because I found at least one problem on the 600 series slant shank model uh, where the cam stack was built in, which is great, but the gear on it shredded. So it had to be replaced. I have not successfully been able to replace the one on the uh, 600 series Touch and Sew, which is the model name, um, since I got it. Now, the person I got it from had already purchased a replacement cam stack to go into it. I just have not successfully been able to get it uh, aligned properly to where it will work. So that is one of your problems. Any type of gear that is not metal has the opportunity to shred when you hit something hard and the machine just stops and then that gear breaks or shreds and then it's done for. Unless you can find a replacement gear, you're basically looking at a useless machine. I love the fact that it's a direct drive. That's one of, that's one of the big features for me and um, I had forgotten to talk about it earlier in the podcast. I would love to hear about your experience with your slant shank machines. If you have a 400 series, a 500 series, or a 600 series, it doesn't matter. I'd love to hear about it. I'm also open to any questions you have, either about vintage sewing machines or sewing in general. I am not an expert on every type of sewing. As most people know, there are a huge variety of fabrics you can sew types of clothing you can sew or objects. I mostly specialize in costumes, but I'm open to trying anything. Um, and, I, and I hope you'll share any good tips and tricks you have with me about what you've learned, uh, what shortcuts to take, and which ones that are a little bit more treacherous to take. With that in mind, I'd like to share one of my favorite tricks and it's difficult because we're not in a visual medium here it is just me talking. So whether I'll be able to communicate that effectively, well, we'll see. One of the most challenging things to sew is a gather stitch. Most people hate them. I do. They usually, they, so the, the usual way to do a gather on something is to use a very long stitch, like a basting stitch, along your fabric. And then to take one of your threads and hold it while pushing your fabric down along, along that um, stitch line until it's gathered appropriately. 
Now, what happens? If you don't use a super heavy thread, the thread breaks. You're almost done with actually getting your piece gathered, and then all of a sudden, you have to start at square one. It's very annoying. There are, there are types of feet that you can use. There's a gathering foot, a shuring foot, a ruffle foot, but sometimes they don't give you the exact look that you're going for. What if you need to gather to a very specific length? All of those feet, feet are gonna be challenging. I think for those, the shuring foot is, is usually what I would use because I would make a long stitch and then gather that up. However, years ago, one of my clients shared one of their tips for sewing. And that is to take a thicker thread, like a fine crochet yarn, for example, or a piece of like buttonhole thread, upholstery thread, something very thick. And then you take a machine that has a zigzag stitch, like the Rocketeer uh, does, and it has it built in. You take the zigzag stitch and you stitch over top with a wide zigzag over top of the thread that you have. Now that can take some finagling, but you just have to go slow and essentially when you're done with zigzagging across it, you can lift it up by the that thicker yarn and it just gathers itself perfectly on the yarn. So that is my trip for the my tip for the week. I hope that helps you and I'll try to expound upon it more in my notes if I get to it. If you have any questions, um, please feel free to ask. So I think that was about as ADHD a presentation on Rocketeer sewing machines as you can get. I do have the 401A Rocketeer as well, which I'll be talking about another day because I'm sure there are some like styling differences and um, mechanical differences from the 500A Rocketeer, which is a later model, but I'll be talking about that in a future episode. So I'm looking forward to getting my machines tonight. Morgan is actually almost at the pickup place. So I'm going to end this episode with that and uh, leave you in anticipation for the pictures and comments about the next machine. I will put up some information about Hazel Masters on my podcast website at SoManyMachines.com and that's so spelled S-E-W. Thanks for listening this week on So Many Machines. It's been a while since I made a podcast, so this was really fun. Any links that I've referenced can be found at somanymachines.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash so many machines. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.